My name is Christian. And I'm Rob. And this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours in every week. And in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome Welcome to to Faith 168. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we thank you for joining us here at the Faith 168 Podcast. My name is Christian, and I'm so glad to be back here with my brother Rob and filming this podcast tonight, which is for us, it's tonight. But how are you doing, brother Rob? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Excited to uh, to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, and, and tonight we have a pretty interesting and sometimes a taboo subject that we're going to talk about, and that is church hurt. I think it's no secret that not everyone in the church is perfect, sometimes especially us preachers, but we sometimes have this expectation, I think, when it comes to the church that when it we we don't feel good or someone seems a little bit mean or someone says something to us that we don't like or maybe even if something that is considerably small maybe people don't like what we throw out in a business meeting whatever it is i mean it can be something small or it can even be something major i think we've all experienced a little bit of church hurt and especially pastors, I think you can agree with me, brother Rob, that as pastors, sometimes we're not even treated like humans in some areas, not necessarily by an individual church, but maybe an individual might come up to us and think of us as someone that's supposed to bow down to their will rather than the will of God. And when we don't bow down to their will, we we've heard probably some pretty nasty things said by people that claim to be, followers of Christ. So whether there was a small instance in church or even a major instance in church where you felt hurt, I think this is a good podcast for you to listen to today, a good episode to look at today. And we really just got to focus on why we're at church. I, I think you've probably heard this too, Rob that when you go to church, if you stop going to church because there's a problem with the people, then it really wasn't the right reason for you to be going anyway because you were more focused on people rather than God. Because we don't go to serve people. We don't even go to church really to to socialize. I mean, the the social aspect of it is great. I I love to go and visit my brothers and sisters in Christ and sit down and talk with them. But the real reason for going to church is to get fed by the word and prepare to go out into a battlefield. And sometimes the people you're serving alongside or sometimes the spies in the background and the the evildoers that are in the background that have infiltrated the church make that kind of hard to deal with. 
But we're going to we're going to focus on a passage tonight in 1 John chapter 2 verse 19 through 20. And if you're thinking that people are just now getting hurt by people that claim to be a part of the church, that it's just a new modern era thing, it's not. This happened in ancient times. This happened in the first century church. And that's what John writes here in 1 John. He says, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. And I think the first thing we have to understand about being hurt by the church is sometimes even though you're in a building that is called a church, a lot of times the people we get hurt by aren't even the church. Right. And and we get that confused and we start to blame God and, and have negative feelings towards God because we have these negative feelings towards people. And if it were true that the way we get treated by people in church is a direct result of how God looks at us and views us and treats us, then I promise you, Brother Rob and I wouldn't be pastors right now because we would have, you know, we've had some bad experiences. I'm sure Brother Rob will will share some of those with you as we continue on. But the reason we have continued on in the ministry despite having some bad interactions with people and, and, you know, seeing some of the worst sides of people that call themselves Christians is because we realize that sometimes first off, they're not Christians. And even then sometimes Christians have a bad day, but that's not a result of how God views us. That's just a result of the sinfulness of the flesh. And so we continue on because God is good. God is perfect. God loves us, even though some people that proclaim to be of God don't share the love of God. But we're going to see this heat up, I believe, as well. We're going to see more and more of these people popping up in church, people that call themselves a part of the church, but they're not really of the church. And they're going to keep showing up as the world gets darker and darker and darker because their mission is a mission from the devil himself to infiltrate the church, to bring down the morale, to divide the church because divided we will fall. And so that's a little bit about the focus that we're looking at when it comes to church hurt. Brother Rob, tell me your experience with church hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, just the other day, and, and if you follow me on Facebook, you'll uh, have a, a heads up on, on where I'm going with this. But just the other day, I was at uh, I was at Lowe's, and I was getting some stuff. We just bought a house, and uh, we're remodeling and uh, getting everything set up. So I've been at, pretty much living at Lowe's over the last couple of weeks. And uh, so while I was there, I, I saw a lady. And uh, uh, this individual uh, had caused a lot of hurt in my life, but not just in my life. It, I have some pretty thick skin, and so you've got to to 
to really know how to push my buttons to to hurt me. Natalie is pretty good at it. Uh, Hazel's getting pretty good at it. But uh, but outside of outside of my family, it, it's hard to really get me uh, riled up. But uh, back oh, a long time ago, I was at a, a church and uh, Natalie and I had only been married for, I don't know, probably about a year, maybe a year and a half, two years at this time. And uh, there was a, a few ladies, I was youth pastor, and there was a few ladies that just were uh, dead set to, to see me either get fired or resign. And uh, anyways, I saw one of the ladies that we had such conflict with uh, at Lowe's the other day. And um, I waved and I said hello. And I know that, so it wasn't one of those times where I waved, but I wasn't sure if she was saw me. Um, and so I, I can't say that she didn't see me. Uh, we looked eye to eye. I saw her eyes and she saw me and I waved and said hello. And she turned around um, and completely ignored me. And that was kind of to be expected. And it didn't really bother me, but it did get me thinking. It got me thinking about how um, hard that time was on, on Natalie. You see, um, when they were uh, attacking me, what they were doing is coming up with false accusations. They were uh, bringing up with uh, issues with my past. And the problem with that is is that if, if people are going to hold our past against us, then nobody could ever be a pastor. Nobody could ever be a preacher or a youth minister. Uh, because we all have passed. We, we all have messed up. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and if you're honest, and and I, I try to be, um, I could say that last week I, I probably made some mistakes that, um, you know, I, I fell short of the glory of God some. And so uh, we, we've got to be full of grace and mercy. But, but these ladies were not showing me any. And uh, bringing up things from my past, but also just blatant lies uh, about me and, uh, my family. And I remember leaving church every Sunday morning and Natalie just breaking down and and bawling. Um, and it, it broke my heart to see my wife who I love so much be hurt by the bride of Christ. And, and that just, uh, I, I didn't understand it, how somebody could treat somebody that way. Um, but, more than I couldn't understand it, I just hated to see it. Uh, we 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 did not want to get up on Sunday mornings and go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just completely unlike us. We we have always enjoyed going to church together, uh, worshiping together, uh, enjoying uh, time with fellow uh, believers together. However, for six months a year, we hated getting up and going to church every Sunday morning, and uh, and so that got me thinking. And I was talking to Brother Christian about this before we came on, on here. But I, it was one of those times where you know how you can write an email uh, just to delete it, but that way you get whatever it is in your mind off your mind without getting in trouble. Yeah. Well, that's what this was supposed to be. That this post was supposed to be something that I I, I put on there and then I deleted, and nobody else was going to see it. And then right before I deleted it. I had finished the post and I was about to delete it and I, th- I got to thinking, I was like, wonder how many people that I'm friends with on Facebook have been hurt by somebody in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? 
This might not be very popular, but I'm going to post it and just see what happens. If it gets negative reactions, I can always delete it later. Um, and over, it was overwhelming to me to see how many people had been hurt by the church. We had uh, comments on the post about how they uh, people needed to hear uh, the, the message uh, of grace and truth um, that comes with church hurt and, and how to overcome it. And there were people that messaged me that wanted to know um, advice in situations they're going through as they're being hurt right now by people in the church. Uh, I had one person text me and say, hey, I'm dealing with my pastor. And they have completely alienated me. They singled me out. And how do I how do I handle this? And uh, uh, let me tell you, that was not an easy conversation to have. But the the truth of the matter is, is that whether it's like John was saying, then there the people in the church um, who eventually will leave the church um, aren't are hurting us because they're not of the church, or simply they're like Paul. Or like Rob and or Brother Christian, uh, sometimes they walk in the flesh, and when we walk in the flesh, something happens. And uh, Romans, uh, Paul says in Romans that um, that sin leads to to death. the The penalty, uh, the wage of sin is is death. That is spiritual death. That is physical death. But that can also be relational death. Mm-hmm. And uh, and too often we get hurt by people, even in even in the church, uh, who are believers and filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that doesn't make it less hurtful. In fact, um, uh, so many people that I've heard and talked to this week have said that the reason they got hurt so bad uh, was because they let their guard down because they felt like they could trust the people. Uh, and then they were let down by the people they trusted the most and they let their guard down by uh, and so it, it's sad and it, it breaks my heart. But the truth of the matter is, is that there is one person that is, that has ever lived. That's perfect. Uh, and he's sitting at the right hand of the father right now, seated on his throne and his work is finished. And so he is the perfect savior. And so if we truly want to find healing, we need to go to this perfect savior. One of my biggest um, concerns with this is that I'm afraid and, and, uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a, a sound mind, right? And so my si- sound mind tells me from experience and from what people have told me um, that that many people use church hurt, and I, I know this is a, a negative word, a bad word, but as an excuse of not yeah. coming to the Savior. Um, Wait, well, you're so not I'll, validating my feelings right now. Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And so I want to look at something that Jesus said um, in Luke chapter 13. And this is important to me, and this was important to me back back then when we were being hurt. Um, and it's important to me today as I have a stronger faith because of what God brought us through. So for a second, let's think biblically and let's think about um, the whole story of the Bible, because from cover to cover, the Bible is about Jesus and about his love story for us, that he created us, that he wanted relationship with us, so he came to die for us. Uh, but he had a, a 
specific people in mind when he came. Uh, you see, when Jesus came, uh, there was a woman that, that came to him, and she was a Gentile, and um, she asked for, for Jesus to, um, to heal her, and, and he said, he said, I've, I've come to, uh, to serve the, the people of Israel. I've come for the people of Israel, um, and I haven't come for dogs. And, and we can talk about that at a different time, what Jesus meant. <laughs> he, he didn't mean it in the way that we take it uh, in the, the 21st century of um, getting our feelings hurt at anything and, and everything. Jesus was explaining that she was a Gentile and he had come for the Jews, right? Um, and so to see that now, now she did say that, yes, but the dogs even get a uh, crumbs from the table. And because of her great faith, Jesus healed her, uh, because he ultimately came for everybody. He, he died for me, for you, for the Jews and the Gentiles, the, um, the Jew and the Greek, the slave and the free, the male and the female, as Paul says. But, uh, but this is Jesus came for the Jew and this is what happened. Um, it's Jesus isn't unique in this. Uh, Jerusalem would would stone many of the people sent to him, but this is what he says in uh, Luke chapter thirteen, verse thirty four. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her cheek uh, chicks under her wings, uh, and you were not willing. And so, what Jesus is saying is that from the very beginning. From when he called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from Joseph down to David, from David all the way to the time of Jesus himself, he had longed uh, for Jerusalem, for the Jews to turn to him so that he could redeem them, so he could protect them, so he could be their God and they could be his people. Yet every time God sent somebody to the Jews, uh, they would reject him, and they would turn away, and they would ultimately end up killing uh, a great number of the prophets. And so what Jesus is saying is, is that I want so bad to be your God, to be your protector, to be your Savior, but you have rejected me. Uh, and and if, if people that Jesus loved this much rejected him, and remember, he is the perfect, the spotless lamb, He's the, the one that came from heaven down to earth. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, Unto us a child is born, so that is the natural, but, but he wasn't just born, a son was given. So God gave him to us uh, because he's God from God, light from light. Uh, and so he comes down to save us. And the people that he came to save rejected him. Mm-hmm. And so if he was rejected and he was perfect, I'm, I, I'm surely going to be rejected, both uh, as somebody who is unperfect, uh, but also as somebody um, who is a Christ follower. Uh, and so this is going to come from outside of the church. Uh, but too often, like Brother Christian was saying as he went over First John chapter 2, uh, is that there are so many people that are in our churches um, that have never truly experienced the grace of Jesus. And if they've never experienced the grace of Jesus, then they don't, uh, they're not going to show the grace of Jesus or the love or the mercy or the kindness or the respect or the love that Jesus would show. Uh, and so, um, one thing that, that I want to mention, and this is how, um, 
I got through my time of church hurt, and I've been blessed over the last uh, many years, seven, eight years, uh, to be in churches where uh, I was loved and respected and cared for, and uh, where I loved and and served and and cared for other people as well. Uh, And we had great relationships and and great fellowship. And uh, there were times where we would have small arguments, but uh, but for the most part, it has been a, a great blessing to uh, to be in the places that God has has put me over the last eight years or so. Um, but to get me through the hurt, I had to remember um, that Jesus was despised and rejected. He was the King of Kings, uh, but because of that, they mocked him and put a crown of thorn on 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 his head uh, to mock him, saying that he really wasn't a king. Uh, they they spit in his face. They rejected him. They beat him so much that uh, that he was unrecognizable. Um, and if Jesus would do that for me because he loved me, because he was willing to die for me, he was willing willing to take my curse. Um, then I can handle going through a, a couple of hard times. And that goes back to James as as well. Uh, count it all joy when you experience trials of various kinds and, and make no mistake about it. Um, those times were, were trying, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, that was, so since I, um, since I surrendered to the ministry, I can remember two times of uh, slipping up and, and using language that I shouldn't. And um, one of those times was leaving the church service after um after the uh, one of the oh, ladies, I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so uh, and so, I mean, I we've been through it, and, and it was tough, and and you know, I I remember uh, falling on the altar one night and, and just you know devastated by by what was going on, um, but remembering the love and the grace of my Savior who died for me as well as died for the people who were rejecting Him. Um, that that helped me and, and helped me get through, and so I think I think brother, you're you're going to go through another set of scripture for us, maybe John. Yeah. yeah, and and just to add to what you were saying, when we look at how they persecuted Christ, even before they persecuted him in the flesh, they were persecuting him before he came to this world by taking yeah. out his messengers. They they stoned the prophets. Uh, I mean. Israel, God's chosen people, there was this group of people, just like in the church, there's this group of people that are supposed to have this mission that's centered around God, yet every time things seem to be going good, someone comes out of the woodwork and messes things up, leads people astray, and we see division, we see failures, we see hurt feelings, uh, we, we see these political games and everything like that. And so we've got to understand that when we are walking in the path of righteousness, following in the footsteps of Jesus, when we do something right, the enemy hates that so much. And the enemy's response to that is to make sure that there are as many roadblocks in our way. He's going to put anything that can trip us up, especially people. 
And what he wants, like Brother Rob was saying, he he walked out of a church service and he shouted out something or, you know, said something that he shouldn't have said. And you want to know, and I got to say this too, when we're talking about church hurt, I can't say that the only experiences of church hurt that I've experienced have been me being hurt by someone in the church. I, I can't be that high and mighty. I've probably got to admit that there's been some times that I've been the one hurting someone, you know, saying something wrong to someone, uh, or, or letting my emotions and in my flesh and my sinful desire, selfish ambitions get in the way. Uh, and, and I have to look in a mirror and say, you know what, that was wrong of me too. So I've been a part of church hurt, both, uh, on receiving that type of hurt and that type of treatment from other people. And also being the one to share that type of hurt and, and perpetuate that type of hurt towards other people. But when you do walk in the footsteps of Jesus, the devil is going to throw the world down on you. And he considers it a win because he already knows your, your final destination. He knows he can't get that from you. But he considers it something like a win when you react in a worldly way to the way that the world is treating you or someone around you is treating you. But one of the ways that I've got through church hurt, and and I mean, I've been I've been called everything but a good guy by some people. And there, there have been situations where and Brother Rob will agree with me on this where I thought, man, I'm going to throw in the towel. Uh, right. I, I don't think I can handle this anymore. I can't believe that this person said this about me or said this to me. And sometimes it's even the things that people won't say to your face, but you know that they're saying it behind your back. Right. And I mean, we, brother Rob brought up the fact that people would throw his past in his face. And that's something that I've experienced as well. People would look at my past. I'm, I'm not perfect. I've I've been a part of the problem sometimes. There have been times where I fell short of the glory of God a lot more than I should have. And what I come to this conclusion when people bring up my past or try and make some type of accusation or bring me down is that they didn't die for me. Right and it's it's that simple every time i start to feel down every time i feel like i'm gonna throw in the towel i remember they didn't die for me they they didn't do a thing for me they're they're acting like the devil who is the accuser they're wanting to throw out some accusations but what have they done for me other than accuse me other than try and bring me down and in this passage that paul writes in romans chapter 8 verse 33 through 35 is is where I find this hope, where I find this ability to keep moving forward. And he writes, who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And this is all summed up into this understanding that when someone hurts you, 
their intent is to bring you down and how that works in your life all depends on how you look at it. It depends on your perspective. How much does that person's opinion mean to you? How much value do you put to their words? And to be honest, I don't care if you're my family, my friend, or some random stranger on the side of the road. I don't value your opinion and your words anywhere near as much as I value the words of God. Yeah. And his words and his actions, what he did for us, that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He sent his son into this world to die for us, even though we were in the wrong, shows us how much he loves us. The writer of Hebrews says that our, our lawless deeds and our transgressions, they're, they're wiped away. They're remembered no more. And so when I think of an opinion that matters, when someone brings up my past, their opinion doesn't matter because Jesus said that he forgave that. Right. When, when someone says, I'm not a good guy, I have to agree with them. You're right. The only thing good about me is Jesus. But guess what? Jesus knew I wasn't a good guy, yet he loved me and saved me anyway. He's the one who died for me. And all those things that you're trying to use to condemn me and bring me down, Jesus has justified me in those things. He's made it just as if I'd never sinned. And so I come to this conclusion. The world will talk. Sometimes your friends, your family, and and actual Christians, sometimes Christians slip up. Uh, and as I said, I, I'm a Christian, not just by name, but I'm I'm a Christian by faith as well. But yeah. I've put my faith in Christ, but sometimes the flesh gets in the way. Sometimes I do the things that I don't want to do, just as Paul said he, he, he had done, the things that he wanted to do for Christ, those things. Sometimes he just didn't get through with those things, but the things that he didn't want to do that he knew were against the will of God, sometimes he fell into those things. And, and I do too. But I also remember that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. That's what it says right here in this passage. And he intercedes for us so that even when we do mess up, he continues to forgive us. And instead of looking at the people and just being mad at them all the time that are making these accusations, just like what Brother Rob said earlier, Jesus didn't just die to justify me, to redeem me, to share his grace with me. He died for the one that is causing the hurt. And mm -hmm. so it brings me to this understanding that the person that's trying to hurt me is imperfect and they need the love of Jesus. And instead of reacting like them, because really their opinion doesn't matter that much, I focus on the opinion of Christ, which is he loves me and he forgave me. He intercedes for me daily. And I share the love of Christ even when they don't. Right. What about you, Brother Rob? What you got? Yeah, absolutely. I just, I want to, uh, to, to point out something. Um, you know, Custom Crowns came out with a song a long time ago, and it was one of my favorite songs as a youth, but it's called Stained Glass Masquerade, and um, it, it's just, it's a beautiful song. If you've never heard it, I highly recommend you looking it up, and it's on YouTube. You can find it, but um, it talks about how 
even in the church, we put on these uh, fake facades of, of who we are, that we're, uh, the song says, happy plastic people in our uh, beautiful plastic steeples uh, with walls around our weakness and smiles that hide our pain. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that um, if you're a living and, and breathing human being that's been on the earth for more than five years, um, you probably have some kind of hurt. Um, if you are a living, breathing child of God who has been in the church for more than five years, more than likely you have some kind of church hurt. What I want us to remember is that we are all broken people. Yeah. Every person in the church from the newest member, from the smallest baby, all the way up to the pastor, every person in the building is broken. Because we're broken, we're going to do things that we shouldn't do, just as you were saying that Paul said that he did. Um, I'm no better than Paul. I'm no brother, better than Brother Christian. I'm no better than, um, than anybody in my congregation. Uh, because of that, there are going to be things that I do and say that I shouldn't do and things that I shouldn't say. There are going to be times where, where I'm not as honest as I should be, where I'm not as open. Um, but know this, Jesus, he is perfect. He, he's never made a mistake. He is always who he is. That's his name. Uh, I am that I am. That means he always has been and always will be uh, consistent with his character. And his character is love, is grace, is mercy, is justice and truth. And what he wants to do for you is what Isaiah chapter uh, 61 says. He wants to save your soul, absolutely. But he also wants to heal your broken heart. And, uh, and I challenge you not to let a broken person uh, determine your relationship with the perfect Savior. Yes. Um, as hard as it may be, run to the Savior mm -hmm. because he is perfect and he's full of love and he breaks every chain. He mends every broken heart. And one day... One day we will shed this flesh and he will wipe the tears from our eyes. He will be our God and we will be his people and we'll forever be with him with no pain, no sorrow, or no troubles. Until that day comes, we're going to have to deal with church hurt. But what we have to remember is that there is no father-son or father-daughter hurt with you and the Savior. Um he is always the good, good father who is going to do everything perfect in your life. And so I just challenge you, even if you've been hurt by the church, um, don't use that as an excuse not to run to the Savior uh, because he's not the one that hurt you. In fact, the other person hurting you, even if that is his child, um, first he paid for their sin on the cross of hurting you. And so they paid for that just as much as he paid for your sin. Uh, but it also grieves the Holy Spirit uh, when we grieve other people. Um, and so when you're hurting, the Holy Spirit is hurting because he loves you uh, so much and he cares for you so much. And so run to the, the perfect Savior um, because none of our churches are perfect because they're all ran by broken people. Yeah, I, I think that's 
really sums up what we we need to understand and and the challenge would be don't let negative things that have happened in your church experience dictate how you move forward in serving Christ or even seeking him out. He's already seeking you out, but, but the next part of that equation is for you to seek him out while he still may be found. And, and so we let some of these things get in the way. These are roadblocks. These are things that the devil wants to be in front of us. And we, we have to see past those schemes so don't let those things, those that church hurt, be the reason you don't look at Jesus or continue to serve Jesus here in this world. And another challenge, I think, would be this, is to look in the mirror. Just as I said earlier, I can't say that I'm the only experience I've had with church hurt is by receiving that hurt and that pain, but I've been the one to hurt others in some instances by my words, by my actions, whatever it may be. And I've had to take a long look in the mirror at some points as I have walked in this path that God has called me in, in the ministry and said, you know what? That was not right. That was not sharing the love of God. And I need, I need to, right this situation i need to stop doing things like whatever i did to cause hurt so i would challenge you too just to look in the mirror tonight or yeah, this morning or this the, afternoon yeah and you took the words right out of my mouth I, I was going to interrupt you right before you started talking about it and, and say you know jesus would say um in his sermons or to his followers that um that if you have um strife if you have struggle or or sin between you and another person uh, and you're going to give a lay a gift on the altar um, before you lay the gift on the altar go to that person first and and seek reconciliation before you bring your gift to god now that's not a legalistic um we can't serve god while there's unforgiveness that's a if we're going to truly serve God in in the best way that we can, we have to be gracious and merciful, both to those who uh, wronged us, but also we have to seek reconciliation to those uh, who we've wronged. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. Um, but there there's nothing more Christ-like than, um, than humiliating our, ourselves for the sake of someone else. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what Jesus did. Uh, Philippians tells us that Jesus humbled himself to the point um, of death, even death on a cross. And uh, basically, humility simply means that um, that you're willing to humiliate yourself in front of other people. He was the king of heaven, and he was born in a barn. That, that's pretty humbling experience. Yeah. And he did it for me, and he did it for you. And if he can do it, uh, surely I can as well. And surely you can too. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's about all I got. You got anything else, Brother Rob? No, I'm good. You want to pray us out? Yeah. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, we we, uh, 
want to be here for our listeners. So if you have experienced any type of church hurt, we encourage you not to to give up, to give in to the enemy's schemes. Uh, just send us a message on Facebook. Uh, just type in Faith One Six Eight Podcast and go to our Facebook page and share that experience with us. I can promise you this: the only two people that are going to see your message when you message the podcast page will be me and brother Rob. And we're not going to use that against you. We're not going to share that with anybody, but we just want to pray with you and maybe even give you a little bit of advice and help you out through that time because you're our brother or sister in Christ. So remember that as, as you listen to the faith one, six, eight podcast, this isn't a podcast where we want you to just listen to us and hear our voice because honestly, uh, whenever I edit these things and put them together, my voice sounds kind of annoying. Brother Rob's definitely is. No, I'm just kidding. But for sure. <laughs> but we want to we want to be there for you too. We want to connect with you. We want to fellowship with you. So if you have gone through church hurt, don't let that bring you down. Know that you have two brothers right here on the Faith One Six Eight podcast that want to be there for you and want to pray for you. So let's go ahead and do the best thing that we can do at the end of any podcast and seek out the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you for bringing us here together as, as we have this time of fellowship through this podcast. Father, I just want to lift up those that have gone through various types of trials and tribulations, different types of hurt within the church I just pray that you help them to heal, that you help them to keep on looking towards you and to stop focusing on the broken people, but focus on your your perfect love and your perfect healing that you provide, Father. And I also pray that you convict those that are causing hurt and causing pain, that you help them to realize what's going on in front of them and what they're what they're making happen. And, and how they're hurting people, uh, just convict them, not just so that they can be broken down and, and taught a lesson, but so that they can realize their need to have a relationship for you, with you or, or focus more on walking in their relationship with you, Father. And so, Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Every week has its trials and tribulations, and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on Facebook by typing in Faith 168 Podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request, or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.